Hello everybody, welcome back to 99. We are chapter 17 of Shemot Exodus. 17, I said that right, right? Um, so, after two complaints from Bnei since leaving um, Egypt, we're about to encounter a third complaint, aka no water at all. Let's get to it. The whole community of the children of Israel journeyed from desert to sin, traveling according to God's instructions. They camped in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moshe, and they said, Give us water so we can drink. Seems fair enough, you know. I mean, can't really live without water, so... Yeah. Moshe said to them, Why are you quarreling with me? Why are you trying to test God to see if he can give water in a dry land? The people thirst, thirsted there for water. The people complained to Moshe and said, Why have you brought, up, brought us up from Egypt to make me and my children and my livestock die of thirst? Moshe cried out to God saying, What shall I do for this people if I wait? A bit longer, they will stone me. <laughs> God said to Moshe, Pass before the people, and you will see that your words were unfounded, as they will not stone you. Bring with you some of the elders of Israel as witnesses, and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand before you there on the rock of at Horeb. You shall strike into the rock and split it, and water will come out of it, and the people will drink. Interesting performance to have some water. Moshe did so before the eyes of the elders of Israel. He named the place Masa and Meribah, testing and quarreling. Masa, testing, and Meribah, quarreling. Because of the children of Israel's quarreling, and because they tested God, saying, Is God among us or not? And now, of course, third complaint, third rebuke. And there it is, the attack of Amalek. As a punishment for doubting God, the following occurred. So wait, is a complaint a lack of trust? I guess this is what we're learning here. As a punishment for doubting God, and the, the following occurred. Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Moshe said to Yoshua, Choose strong and God-fearing men for us, and go out from the protection of the clouds of glory and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow, during the battle, I will stand at the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Yoshua followed Moshe's instructions to fight against Amalek. Moshe, Aaron, and Hur, Miriam's son, ascended to help at the top of the hill. It happened that when Moshe raised his hand, Israel would prevail. And when he lowered his hand, Amalek would prevail. 
Moshe's hands grew heavy because he was lax with his duty discharging it to Yoshua. Aaron and Chul took a stone and placed it under him, and he sat the directly on it. Aaron and Chul supported his hands, one from his side, one from this side, and one from that side. His hands were spread heavenwards in in faith and prayer until sunset. It's a very long time. I challenge you to do the same. <laughs> Joshua weakened Amalek and his people by decapitating their key warriors with the edge of the sword, but he allowed the others to live. God said to Moshe, inscribe the story of how Amalek attacked Israel before all the other nations as a memorial in the book, recited in the ears of Yoshua, who will bring the Jewish people into the land of Israel, because I will surely obliterate the remembrance of Amalek from beneath the heavens. Then Moshe built an altar and named it Adonai Nisi, God is my miracle. He said, For there is a hand on the throne of God, which swears that there shall be a war of God against Amalek for generations to generations. Ain't that true? Ain't that true? That is the end of chapter 17. It is also the end of Parashat B'Shalach. Next is Parashat Yitro. really like this Parasha. Um... Hmm. Let's see if there's anything interesting that we can learn from some of the... Okay, Amalek. The character of Amalek refers to coldness in the service of God. On the verse, remember what Amalek did to you on your journey out of Egypt, how they surprised you. Korkecha, on the road. The Hebrew word Korkecha could also be in- interpreted as he cooled you off. Korkecha. Similarly, the rabbis have noted the numerical equivalence between Amalek and the word Safek, meaning doubt. Amalek represents the doubt that we are, that are raised in our minds cooling off our excitement after witnessing the miracles that accompany our personal exodus from Egypt. It deadens our sensitivity to the providence with, with which God controls our our lives. Therefore, for God's so verity to be revealed, Amalek must be nullified. Mm. Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. Hmm. This is interesting that Aaron and Chul took a stone and placed it under him and he sat directly on it. Did Moshe have to sit on a 
bar stone? Did he not have a cushion or a pillow? Moshe said. I insist on sitting on a stone, since the children of Israel are in anguish and under attack by Amalek. I will share their anguish with them. Wow. A righteous person shares in the lot of the masses, even if he had no part in the failing that brought on the calamity. Kabbalabites. The destruction of Amalek is a prelude to rebuilding the temple. This is hinted in the Kabbalistic practice of reading the word remembrance, zachor, twice with the different Nikud vowels, once with a Segol, and once with a Tzerer. The triad of points in the Segol alludes to, one, the tabernacle, two, the first temple, and three, the second temple. This is then followed by two-pointed cell, representing the transition from a temporal his, historic structure to a permanent. Permanent messianic one. Alrighty, this is the end of chapter 17. Thank you for listening. Yes, I'll go.